everyone, and welcome to the Positive Sports Report. I'm Dana Smith, your host and the Middle School Athletics Director for San Juan Unified. I hope everyone is having a great summer. We just want to take a chance to share some of the best clips we have from our great interviews with our amazing guests that we had in Season 1. So take a minute and enjoy what we have to offer. Let's roll. From episode one, retired superintendent Kent Kern. I'm a big fan of of Joe Ehrman and his two books, The Season of Life and um, Inside Out Coaching. If you're a coach, got to read Inside Out Coaching. It's fantastic. But I like the way he talks about in his philosophy of sports not being um, extracurricular, but it being co-curricular. And just it's another classroom on campus in the way we deal with kids. Um, so I just wanted to just talk a little bit about how you view sports and and the, the role that they fill with our students in San Juan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think sports have a, of a tremendous impact on students, even in keep, keeping them engaged in school. You know, for some of our students that, that struggle academically, um, being able to participate in a sport may be the carrot that keeps them engaged in class. And I also think it creates relationships and connections with staff on campus to probably help out with accountability. My own son um, had the opportunity in high school to play all three sports, football, basketball, and baseball. And, and he would not have been the student or engaged if he wasn't involved like that. And we have a lot of students like that, that um, sports are what probably gets them up in the morning. And when you talk about that co-curricular, uh, that's, that's a big piece of it. And we have a lot of students that excel academically as well. Um, but that they, they just really expands what students have access to. And, you know, I think there's even something special about sports when you're competing against others, you know, other schools that may look very different than you, whether it's, um, you know, their, their socioeconomic status or race wise, it, it really brings people together in a positive way. Next from episode two, teacher and coach Ryan Marks. Talk about how important positive and supportive relationships are for your athletes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think a positive supportive relationship is, is it's, it's vital to a, a kid's development. Um, and, and that's with their peers. And when we say peers, we don't just mean teammates, as you pointed out, the idea that you have that relationship with your opponents as well. Um, you're, you're, you're striving for the, the same goal out there on the field or on the court. Um, but you have a, a commonality between the two of you at the end of it all where you, you come together, shake hands and, and you appreciate one another. If they weren't there, you wouldn't be able to compete in the first place. So you, you always respect your opponent and, and that respect then helps nourish the relationship between the two athletes um, at the end of it all. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorite parts of, of coaching cross country is watching the runners from pasture and not just pasture, but specifically, you know, I watch my runners as they interact before during and after the the meets with the the, the runners from the other schools um we had a couple of uh, of girls from one one from our school and one from orangeville open um and they they kind of buddied up one meet they were both kind of having an off day and they were struggling to get through the race and they buddied up and pushed one another um and i don't believe that they had ever met before that day but they they found one another out there and they carried one another across the finish line and the great thing about it was they got competitive at the end. The last 100 meters, I mean, it was a dogfight between these two. Uh, and the crowd was cheering. You would have thought that the uh, 
they the race was for first place, but you know, they, they brought the best out of one another. Um, so yeah, you know, those positive relationships, it's, it's the peers, it's the adults. Um, I always say I'm a professional role model more than anything. Um, so, you know, when, when, when the kids see coaches having positive relationships with one another, they, they say, Oh, okay. So that's how I'm supposed to behave, uh, in this competitive setting. I'm supposed to, uh, you know, try my best and, and, and pursue victory with honor. But at the end of it all, be, be a, a good human being to the other people that are out there trying to do the same thing that I'm trying to do. From episode three, USA Wrestling national team member, Jennifer Page Rogers. The physical and mental training balance is critical for an athlete's success, we know. Um, what's your physical and your mental preparation as you approach major competitions especially? Um, so I've definitely gotten better at that the older I, uh, the older I get. And um, it is a little bit uh, maybe different now because uh, when you're younger, you compete a lot more frequently. So you kind of just always have to be ready. Um, now I have a little bit more preparation before, especially the bigger tournaments, you know, like you spend all summer getting ready, you know, for some of these like world championships. So, um, uh, but definitely um, obviously like diet, I drink, I try and drink a gallon of water every single day with, uh, with electrolytes to sugar-free electrolytes. So I'm not like drinking all these sugar drinks. Um, so that's a big thing, you know, physically just taking care of your body. I'm getting the rest that I need. Um, sleep is obviously a big one. It's the little things, you know, sleep, water, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that really, it makes a big difference. Um, and then obviously I, you know, clean up my diet. Um, I try to do more weight maintenance, uh, instead of weight cutting, weight cutting, uh, obviously isn't good for you, you know, hurts your performance. So, um, that's the physical side. Um, the mental side, uh, a lot of visualization, um, just really a lot of visualization. Cause that, it, you know, that trains your body as well. It's actually physical, uh, preparation. Yeah. That's um, a huge point right there. So I'm, I'm going to just cut in really quick for you. Cause you're making a huge point that your body does not know the difference between visualization and work. Now, yes, your muscles can get bigger and you get stronger, but you're still building that myelin or that muscle memory through that visualization to train your body. And I, I have to imagine when you were injured, you were doing a lot of that too, to kind of get through that and keep prepping. Yeah, for sure. And it's a good way to work through, um, just performance anxiety. You know, when you get out there, um, I, my, my last match, well, there, there's always things to improve, but, uh, my, my final X, my first match, I went out there and it, everything happened because I had been visualizing it like all summer, I, you know, my match got delayed and I had like so much preparation <laughs> for this match. And I went out there and everything was perfect. And I got off the mat and I was telling my coach, I'm like, it was exactly like in my head, like everything played out. Um, and then, you know, I, there's other, other things that I still need to work on, but um it really your body does learn and remember um it's it's really important and something that people probably don't uh utilize um as much as they could um yeah and you know another part of that too when you say it came out just the way i pictured it and i, I like to talk about the idea that um confidence requires evidence and you can give your brain evidence through that visualization by seeing it happen in a positive way and seeing success that just adds more of that evidence to build your confidence yeah, definitely. And uh, one thing that they do at Penn State, too, I think a lot of my positive, um, I, I've really 
gotten a lot better mentally being at Penn State. Just they're uh, they have a really good uh, mindset for for a competition, and I mean they'll they'll draw pictures of themselves on the podium, uh, like literally picturing yourself winning. Uh, I don't know. It's like a what's it called? Like a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, yes. It's that kind of you know positive, and it has to be realistic too. Like you have to believe it. You can't just you know, say whatever. Um, but you really have to, you know, focus and focus on, you know, in your training, you're going to have good days. Um, you're going to have not good days, but just always kind of framing it in a positive way. Um, and just the way that you look at yourself and, you know, talk to yourself and about yourself is really important. So I try and work on that all the time, but especially, uh, I would say more visualization, uh, leading up into a competition is, uh, definitely important. So from episode four, teacher and coach Cicely Vasquez. Gosh, I don't. I think one of the <laughs> biggest things that I continue to think about that kind of not bums me out, but I wish a lot of the kids, especially the kids that I work with at a Title One, they don't really get the opportunity to get into sports at a younger age. So by the time they get to high school, they might want to play, and the opportunity might be there, or even middle school but they're just not quite at that same level or pace that other kids are that have had the opportunity to play more sports. And so I, that's just something I think about having like, why I, I want to try to get more opportunities, opportunities for kids to join athletics at a younger age, but it's just tough. It depends on family values. It depends on time and money and all those different things. Cause I just think sports for kids are one of the best things, especially with everybody struggling with mental health issues and, you know, uh, just like anxiety and depression and, you know, all these kids are glued to their phones. I just wish every kid had the opportunity to be involved in athletics. I think it is so powerful. And I see so many kids go home after school to just go sit in their room and it just breaks my little heart. If yeah. I could give all of them an opportunity to have that opportunity. I just, I feel so lucky to have had athletics growing up. It helped me work harder in school. It helped me be a better person. And I just, if I could give that opportunity to everybody, I would, that could, that would be my superpower. From episode five, vice principal of Arden middle school, Jeff Yunk. So you could, you have, a kind of unique perspective in coaching and teaching and now being an administrator. So as a teacher and a site administrator, what impact have you seen from middle school sports when dealing with student athletes on campus regarding behavior and academic success? So I, you know, my answer is probably what many people in my position would say, which is co coaches or teachers or whatever. Um, I see it as this extra thing that helps um, some kids step up. So I just saw that this past season that just ended a few weeks ago. Um, kids that hadn't really found their their thing um, or their niche in school. Maybe they're not, you know, they're maybe getting in trouble here and there, having some behavior issues, attendance issues, grades aren't the greatest. They just hadn't really found their thing. And all of a sudden during track season, they're shining and they have their thing where that gives them confidence. Um, they're getting to, to have positive experiences with people like me and their teachers. Teachers notice them out there doing things and like, wow, it's awesome. And then hopefully we can capitalize on that. And even when the season is over, use that as a, as a hook um, for just the school experience as a whole. But, um, you know, 
and I and I've seen that work. I've seen it not work, but I've seen it work plenty of times where once they find their thing that they really love, they 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 look forward to it all year, and you can kind of use that as a as a as a as an advantage or a carrot, I guess you could say. Um, so that's the biggest positive piece. I could care less whether we a kid wins a race or we win a championship or not. Um, but seeing that piece of it, seeing the kids have a positive experience, something at school, if, especially if they haven't had that experience before, is huge. And from episode six. Louis Pasteur and Casaroble High School alumni and the host of the Home Team podcast, Josh Takimoto. So after interviewing so many people, athletes and coaches, what have you found seem to be kind of the common characteristics of successful programs, whether it be high school or, you know, doing sports like that kind of stuff? What, what are those characteristics that you find in common with those people? Yeah, I think it's funny. And I feel like if I remember correctly, I feel like you said this and I know Mary Jo said this, and I know a lot of other coaches have said this, but I feel like one of the things that really sticks out is the fact that they listen, like a good coach listens to their athletes. Now you could, you could have someone that goes in there and says like, I have more experience with than you. I have more knowledge than you. I'm, I know the sport better than you. So you just need to kind of shut up and listen to what I'm saying, because I know what I'm talking about and you have no idea. But the very best coaches that we've had on the podcast and the consistent thing is you've got to listen to your athletes. And it's funny because a lot of coaches say when I was a young coach, that was tough because I have a lot of this ego and I'm, I want to do the very best I can, but it's hard for me to listen to a, a kid that's trying to question or tell me what I'm trying to do or I'm doing wrong. But as you get older, you get more confident as a coach and then you're more willing to listen to what the athletes have to say because they are the ones that are competing. And so you may not, you may not agree with what they're saying, but being willing to listen to what they have to say and see it from their perspective seems to be a trait that some of the greatest coaches have, at least the ones we've had a chance to talk to, they all say the same exact thing. And on the flip side of that, this is actually looking from the, from the athlete's perspective. And if you're looking at it from the athlete's perspective, what is that thing that a great coach had? One of the things that happens every single time when I say, okay, who's a coach that really stood out to you? And why did they stand out to you? They, they'll give the name right away. And it's never something that's on the field. It's never, Hey, I remember when the fourth quarter of the section championship coach drew up this play and we were able to hit a, a last minute or last second three to win the championship. It's never anything like that. It's, Hey, I remember my, my family was going through a really tough time. And that coach went out of their way to visit me at home and provide food for my family or I had a really bad injury. And the first person there besides my family was this coach from high school. It's always these situations where coaches showing up when they're off the field, they're off the clock. They don't have to show up, but they do it because they understand how, how important and how valuable that athlete is to their lives. And when they do that, that athlete understands how important they are to that coach. And so, um, again, that's not something that coaches have said, but it's something that when, uh, as an athlete, when you think back to being an athlete, a lot of the athletes say the same thing. It's like, man, this coach meant the world to me because of X, Y, and Z. And it's never been a situation where it had anything to do with wins and losses. It had everything to do with life and how that coach showed up to, for them. And one of the only few, one of the few people that did show up for them in that moment. And so, you know, I think really showing up and, you know, being there for your athletes, but also listening which is, I guess, kind of the same thing, right? Like those yeah. two things, it, those two things kind of give you an idea of, of the heart of a coach. And if a coach is willing to listen and show up for their players on and off the field, it gives you a pretty good idea of the type of person that coach is. A big thank you to all of our guests for making the first season of the Positive Sports Report a big success. 
The first episode of season two will come out in August with fellow certified trainer for Positive Coaching Alliance and the author of Lead, a coach's playbook on how to positively impact the world through love, effort, attitude, and discipline, Levi Nelson. Cross Country will begin soon after the start of the school year, so check with your school for registration information and start dates. This episode's shout-out goes to all of our coaches who've been running athletics programs through our middle school summer program. Your summer hours spent with our student-athletes and your dedication are very much appreciated. Until next time, let's keep our sports positive. <laughs>